Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR Magazine. I'm joined by my colleague and co-host, Ben Coley. So before I get started, uh, just a quick disclaimer. I'm definitely sick, so I'm going to try not to cough and do things of that nature. I think I said this last podcast, too, but I guess I'm still sick. But my voice has definitely gone down a few octanes. I kind of... uh, Someone the other day, as we were discussing, told me I have a really good voice for a crisis hotline. Um, I'm not sure what I sound like now, but it's probably not that. So anyway, we've got a really, really exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this podcast in particular. You know, as always, we like to kind of jump into the tech space and talk to some people who are, you know, really helping restaurants as much as those who are running them. So, you know, we uh, we did go over before this how to pronounce, as always, Zan Shu. He also told me how to pronounce it correctly, which was not that, and I'm not even going to attempt it. But, John, thank you so much for joining us, uh, CEO and co-founder of Deliverect. I'll give you a chance really quickly just to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what Deliverect does, you know, what went into founding it even, and we'll go from there. Cool. Hey, Danny, Ben, thanks for having me. Hope you uh, feel better after this podcast. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm there. It's all good. <laughs> what happens CEO, when you have children? Uh, well, I have two as well, so I understand the feeling. <laughs> do they do they make you sick all the time? I mean, I've come. That's been the one thing that I don't think I. I mean, I am prepared for any of it, but definitely not that part. That happens, you know. What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, that goes into many things involving kids. But... <laughs> yeah. No, so uh, I'm Zong. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Deliverect. Uh, Deliverect is really the digital operating system of a restaurant. So it means that, you know, we, we are uh, helping restaurants to one side, uh, uh, help them sales in all their digital channels. So we connect as aggregator to uh, all the marketplaces uh, as Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash, Grubhub, but as well, social selling, uh, as as their first party system and so on, and what really makes us unique is uh, beside the selling side on the other spectrum, we uh, power more than 350 point of sale companies. So these uh, rational systems, uh, and we integrate seamlessly. And uh, so, uh, Deliverect is only a four year old company, but uh, today we power uh, almost 30,000 locations restaurant around the world, uh, and the company has a. Uh, 500 employees, so we grow quite quickly. Uh, and recently, we uh, we processed over uh, 180 million in orders, so that's quite a yeah, lot yeah. In, in the last uh, uh, last couple of years. Um, and the reason I think we grow so quickly is um, everything that's good takes time. So although uh, you know DeliverX is quite young, I've been doing hospitality software for the last 20 years. Uh, prior to DeliverX, I actually uh, was uh, uh, co-founded uh, iPad point of sale for restaurants that became Lightspeed Hospitality, a public company. So been uh, turning uh, in this space for uh, for uh, for a long time. So uh, exciting times, and I think especially for restaurants going through the transition uh, offline to online, and you know massive adoption of digitalization. You know we uh, we started Deliverect at uh, at the right time to to help restaurants to keep that control and uh, make them scale and thrive. So take us, uh, I guess, take us uh, four years ago or whenever this process began. I mean, what inspired you to leave that world you were in to go in and do something, you know, brand new like this? You know, what I'm sure there was a little bit of uh, fear in getting, you know, striking out on your own. But, you know, what inspired you to realize there was a need in the market? 
Well, first of all, I I founded multiple companies, so I like to be out of my comfort zone. Right. Actually, the story is quite funny. Actually, because Lightbeam was going uh, public, I was uh, thinking that's a really good moment to take a long sabbatical. So uh, the 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 deal was back then is I was going to take uh, six to nine months off, right? Uh, literally, I think uh, two three weeks <laughs> in that in that phase. A restaurant because I had so many restaurant customers and friends. They were calling me around the world. They said, "Zong." What the hell are you doing? You need to come back. There's a bigger issue you need to fix. And I said, what's what's going on? And uh, mainly it's like, hey, look at these tablets I have on my counter. And you need to remember that was in 2018, 2019, way prior to COVID. And they were saying, hey, look, now 10, 20, and sometimes 30% of my sales are going through these um, third-party marketplace and channels. And you know, we thought that would never happen, but now see what the, the issue is. And actually, they were more concerned about that future. So like, if today that's already like this, what's happening in 10 years where all my customers are on all kind of places? How do I even serve them? How do I manage these digital channels? And so that's why you know, I early on set up uh, uh, Deliverac to, to really give these restaurant control. And pretty much I flew around to every uh, delivery marketplace around the world and, and co-created even these APIs to get the orders in as well, managing the menus and automate everything. And um, yeah, of course, you know, timing is everything, uh, you know, so uh, not by choice, but then we, we got all hit by the pandemic and, you know, our, our solution that was, you know, intended to give control where uh, normally it would take what? five to 10 years to, to get that amount of restaurants, um, you know, got accelerated because everyone was in need of solutions to help them to digitalize. So that's, that's the growth. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take us back to, you know, March, 2020, when the uh, pandemic started, I know, um, I guess around that time, your company would have been around two years old. So still, you know, early on into the, the company, but like you mentioned, like you're getting hit with like a massive influx of like customers, you know, wanting your product because they need the product because they, they need to transition to this digital space. So can you just kind of talk about, you know, how you guys went through your own transition, you know, with trying to help, you know, all these uh, restaurants, you know, coming to you at once, you know, needing your, your services. Well, back then we were only around, I think, 30 or 40 people. Mm-hmm. Right. Today we're 500. So imagine <laughs> the, the scale we need to reach. You know. So uh, I think we uh, we we hyperscaled. Right. Uh, I think uh, you know one of the the, the benefits is as we were already quite mature in our product, we could very quickly deploy our solution uh, to uh, to customers around the world. And I think one of the things that makes us unique is we work very closely with point of sale companies. So a lot of them uh, took our solution, embedded in their tech stack, so that all their customer could benefit of uh, you know, uh, aggregation and management of digital sales, right? So that allows to go quick. I think what's what's surprising and and allowed us to scale quicker is you know intentionally we we started to make these solutions for uh, small medium businesses, right? The, the restaurant around the corner because we were like, hey, we need to, you know, that's our our, our mission to help the older restaurant, but also small ones to to make that transition. Uh, and suddenly we were uh, contacted by pretty much every big enterprise uh, customers around the world. And today, I mean, over 60% of our customers are enterprise. So we, we power internationally, for example, KFC, we power RBI. So Burger King, we power Taco Bell, Chipotle, you know, Pizza Hut, uh, you know, so you name it, we power all that, these kind of business. Uh, and that, that grew even quicker as it was not only powering these restaurants in the food business, but we also even power today 
um, you know, CPG, uh, FNCG business. So what's that like Unilever where they Ben and Jerry's ice cream, right? To Shell gas stations that sell food. So it's it has been an interesting journey where everyone is adopting this digitalization. So, you know, how, how would you characterize kind of where the tech space is now? Because I think, you know, like your company, there were a lot of, you know, the providers and companies and solutions out there that grew really quickly through that window. And maybe too quickly as we're seeing now, you know, you see a lot of companies now, there's been kind of some stories of layoffs and things like that. And, you know, whatever is driving that. But I mean, do you think we're at, where do you think we're at in terms of like, what do restaurants need now? You know, now that we've kind of crossed that period of like, we all got to get it, <laughs> you know, the adoption came really quickly and really fast. But I mean, what's really the future of, you know, what's going to be sort of successfully what you need tech wise to, to separate at this point now that you just can't be as simple as I have this, you know, which everybody does. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, you know, it's, it's, I think the world has changed, right? Before where capital was uh, cheaper as interest rates was lower, uh, there was a lot of optionality. And actually we prefer, you know, this phase because, you know, hyperscaling, it's, uh, it's not always uh, as easy as people think and it's quite painful. So having a sustainable way creating business where, you know, it's worked with, you know, KPIs and, and bits lower is actually something I think it, it's better for the market, right? Uh, at the end of the day, any business, software or not, you need to have sustainable. I think that's key. Um, what's important, what you mentioned, is that what's on the mind of restaurant owners these days? I think, you know, to give an idea, nobody cares about COVID anymore, right? There was a survey where it's only on the restaurant mind, only 3% had anything about, hey, there's a pandemic, that's passed. I think today for restaurants, it's very much about focusing automation, you know, robotics, new business model that's disrupting them, right? Virtual brand, dark kitchens, how do I cope with that? As well, you know, the, the inflation side of it, how do I, you know, automate, right? One side, you know, I can't find staff, right? It's not even I'm paying more. It's, you know, there's a million workers disappeared from the hospitality side, uh, you know, VS uh, 2019. And, you know, our employment rate in the U.S. is at 3.5%. So it's it's the lowest ever. And these people are just gone, right? They're not going to come back. They went to different industries. So how do you cope with uh, people leaving uh, as well? You know, inflation is everywhere. You know, how do I make sure that my bottom line is still preserved? Yeah, I mean, those are all really good points. I, I agree with you. I don't think they're coming back, <laughs> you know. And so what I often hear from restaurants now is, you know, automation is um, something they all want to do, but they want to do it in a way that maybe the customer doesn't see it, you know, because I think there's some question about whether or not, you know, they're looking for it, you know, but how can you make it so that the restaurants themselves operate better, you know, and it's easier for those employees who are in the restaurant and maybe the turnover can come down. So I guess, you know, where, what are you seeing and hearing in terms of technology that can be automated right now that everyone's trying to kind of race to? I know getting rid of some back of the house tasks, there's those more buzzy things like robots cooking burgers and, the, <laughs> and all that kind of fun stuff. But I mean, what do you think is kind of in the near term as a reality that you know, restaurants are going to actually go after right now. Yeah, I think there's definitely robot kitchens uh, appearing, but I think it's very niche still and a very limited subset. Uh, it's more about uh, multi-channel automation, right? So you need to think about it. So, um, you know, actually when this, the pandemic, it was actually quite easy because all your sales were pure digital, right? 
it comes from uh, Uber Eats, DoorDrag, Grubhub, your own website, maybe a drive-through, uh, you know, your pickup first PD uh, ordering. But now you have customer pouring in. So there's more and more channels. So what we, we do at Livrect is taking away all the manual hassle of managing these channels. So instead of having multi-tablet where you need to rekey it again in your point of sale, it's all gone. It goes automatically into your point of sale in your restaurant and in your kitchen. And I think another aspect where it's super key and not just getting the orders in is actually controlling that flow side, right? So when it's busy, where you have a lot of customers in front of you and you know the you know your throughput is is at maximum, you know we allow these um, these online third parties to automatically scale down because you know at that time you, your capacity is full and you do not want to sell online because you want to first serve the customer in front of you because they will yell probably harder than someone online as well optimize you know in downtimes where you actually have capacity about maybe changing pricing or you know starting promos buy one get one free to increase that online site and, and that can be all automated and you know ai is a fancy word but you know just you know some use control uh you know to 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 manage your different channels goes a long way no so i'm sure you know you know as you know technology increases in these restaurants you know one of the things that operators you know may be concerned with is you know being able to to learn um technology you know especially for um, the older workers and then also you know the processes of um, being able to um, fix the you know, technology of something um, maybe going not going right in a particular day so I guess um, sort of a, a two-part question here I guess the first part is you know um, I guess the ease of being able to explain the technology to new staff that comes in and then also know what the uh, typical you know uptime is for the technology and what you guys kind of strive for in terms of that uptime so uh, i think technology should be in the back right so Mm -hmm. you know ideally it should not be in front and center because Mm -hmm. you know uh turnover in restaurants is enormous if you need to train every waiter or every person going in there how to you know manage software it's it's almost impossible so that's Mm -hmm. why i think when we do it we we fully embed in the current tech stack of a restaurant so it's fully embedded in the point of sale and basically maybe you have a tablet of us but often you don't see us it just works in the back of it right um what does help is you know automating you know in the kitchen side one of the things that we do is we have a kitchen screen especially for uh, if you have restaurant with virtual brand or dark kitchens, I mean, we, we run, uh, you know, Pop Chu, you know, Frankly Junction and so on. But so a restaurant can then have not only one brand, but four or five brands. Well, for a chef, it's really hard to understand how to create that burger. You know, how does it look? Because every brand is different. There we, we help by, you know, popping up in the kitchen screen a picture, uh, you know, the steps to cook it, you know, ingredients. So really guiding these people, you know, while they are doing it. Right, because just teaching them is not always that applicable. So I think these things help a lot. And then finally, you know, like I said, it's it's about automation. I mean, you don't need people to say it's busy, right? There's no point. You know, you know when it's busy because you see all the online channels where the orders is doing peak hours going up, and you know how much they can do in in that 15 minutes and 20 minutes. As well, you if you have incoming customers in front of you, you are punching in the point of sale. So having that idea, you can auto-throttle uh, these channels, and, and that makes a difference. What, what do you, well, well, you can 
Go ahead, Ben. I was just going to ask about dark kitchens, but yeah, you can say whatever you're going to say here. I was going to follow up on the, um, you know, the use of the, you know, the, the screens in the back of the kitchen. You know, obviously we all know, like, you know, back of back of houses are are typically melting pots. You know, people from all kinds of places and who might, who probably not all, you know, have English as their first language. So I was going to ask, you know, how you know this technology in the back of house kind of you know, helps, helps that, you know, that barrier and kind of creates a smoother process a, for that. That's a good, good question. Yeah. I don't oh. know that I hear that addressed too often. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I come from a point of sale background. So the funny thing I didn't tell you, but my father has a point of sale company for Asian restaurants, right? So <laughs> and why? Because everything is in Chinese, you know, <laughs> or Cantonese, whatever. So, you know, I think when it's sent to the kitchen, often, you know, it's maybe someone uh, Asian or Spanish and so on. So we cater multilingual. Because that's why where it gets complicated. When you sell online, you know you have a extensive, you know, description, you know, pictures, information. Once in the point of sale, it's often very shorted, right? Because you can't print long tickets. And then in the kitchen, again, it's a different description. So each of them can have different languages on form, and we adapt it as well. You know, we provide pictures. For, for these, uh, especially if you have these brands, uh, how it looks. So it's catered to the chefs there. And so it's almost a translation, you know, engine as well, right? The front of the staff is taking orders in, in, you know, English. And then in the back of the house, they don't need to speak a word English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, K- KDS is so interesting. If you've ever been in a kitchen that has one, you know, the difference between like what you think is happening on like Gordon Ramsay's shows where everyone's yelling at each other, KDS kitchen's like totally silent. Right. You know, people are sitting there with headphones on. No one's, you know, they're just like not talking. It's actually kind of amazing. If I, I think that there will come a point where everybody has one. You know, I, I just think it's such an easy, and also of course things like you know being able to upload recipes and all that in real time. But yeah, just the well, quiet nature of it is amazing to me because I don't know that everyone, especially our, you know, younger, well, not my generation, probably Ben's generation. They don't want to be yelling at each other through the grab the ticket, you know, that kind of stuff like that. I think that era is behind us or it's getting behind us. Mm-hmm. And one thing that is remarkable, I mean, we're talking about digital, right? It's all about people have no patience. So, you know, yeah. if you want to score higher on these marketplaces, what do you do? You make sure that you can deliver food under 30 minutes, right? That's what you do, right? If you go on these marketplaces, you're going to say, hey, I filter on quickest delivery. I'm hungry now. And so what's important there is measure, you know, these orders being uh, cooked within eight minutes. Eight to 10 is the go-drone metric because, you know, you have the ordering, you have the delivery. So, you know, you need to almost automate and and run it, and sadly enough, almost like a factory to cater and get the higher metrics and get the volume up. So all these stuff are very hard if you're just yelling at each other. (laughs) You can say quicker, but you have no idea how many minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, especially if you're trying to fire up orders in different um, queues, you know, for digital and in-store. I mean, that becomes almost impossible if you're you're just getting those through tickets. But so I wanted to ask you about dark kitchens because you mentioned in there kind of that image of someone trying to make like five brands out of the kitchen. You know, and obviously that made a ton of sense during sort of the pandemic depths when there was no one inside the restaurant and the kitchen capacity was through the roof. But where do you where do you think we're headed next on that front? Because I imagine a lot of restaurants are getting busier. You know, maybe they don't need to extend to having three or four brands running out the back. You know, you've seen I've seen a lot of quick service restaurants dial that back recently, where they had like a wing brand. Now they got rid of it. You know, it's still you still see a lot of chains who are just taking elements of their menu and executing them virtually. 
you know, like Doghouse does where they take the burgers and it's already basically in their skews. But but just generally speaking, I mean, where, where do you think we're headed on that front? I mean, what's, you know, are we kind of settling into what might be the future of dark kitchens? Is Are we not even anywhere near that, you know, concept? Or what's just your take on that whole subject and world? I think that world is very much evolving and we're still very early on. It's true that the time has passed where, you know, you launch whatever virtual brand and it's successful, right? Because there's so many offerings out there. So it's very much about, or you're adopting top brands. So meaning like you're doing a lot of these virtual brand franchising and it could be Mr. Beast Burger or Shaq O'Neal Chicken and, and so on, or these <laughs> yeah. famous more brand that you can cater in your restaurant. But more and more, I think it's about, you know, keeping just your menu and just split it up, right? You know, uh, you know, I, I live in New York uh, and, you know, you have all these New York diners would have a massive menu list. Every diner, you can create 10 virtual brands that allows them to have more traffic without actually, you know, any efficiency problems, right? Because it's the same menu, but just packaging this, you know, as a waffle brand, you know, as, you know, uh, a meat brand and so on, uh, a sandwich brand allows you to get that foot traffic. So there's still a lot of ways to increase that top line, right? And again, you know, it's not per se looking at these peak hours because yes, during peak hours, you're full, but most of the restaurants are, you know, during these down hours, you have the capacity there, you have your staff there and they are not fulfilling. And that's where you can really play with, you know, these virtual brands as well, your menus, right? Changing dynamic menus, you know, through a day, it's very hard in store in restaurants because your customer is going to say what's happening. <laughs> you know, you can't change your price every half hours, but online, this is very normal. You know, you can during peak hours increase price by 20%. Nobody cares. During down yeah. hours, you know, you drop the price, you know, have special items. So that's, I think, really where the, the future of food is headed, right? Very adaptive to the customer need at that time, at that moment. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier about um, you, you guys, you know, support, you know, a wider range of, of sizes when it comes to your technology. And I, I suppose my question is, you know, could you kind of speak to, you know, sort of, the, is there like a different approach? Like, do you have, when you guys, you know, have these these conversations, do you have a different approach when you're um, involved with, you know, a bigger company like a, like a KFC or Pizza Hut uh, compared to when maybe like the, the mom and pop around the corner who needs the same technology? What's, is it the same approach, a different approach? Like how do you, how do you kind of like uh, go about, you know, the different sizes of restaurants? It's a, it's a good question. Actually, Deliverect is almost split in two companies. So why? You know, we have a small SMB team that, you know, uh, you know, onboard a customer, you know, but very quickly get them live because, you know, SMB are quick, right? They decide on the spot. You have a, they call in, they want to go live within 48 hours, they want to sell. Well, we have a different team for enterprise that's more, you know, tailored to, you know, we need to have a master agreement with the, the, the group level. And then we need to have a conversation with the franchise owners as well, having POCs and rollout plans. So it's very different uh, uh, way of doing things. But I think what our goal is, we, we provide solution at that enterprise quality, right? And, you know, although we cater that for the enterprise, the SMB benefits massively because they are getting, you know, enterprise grade the best of the best software for a fraction of the cost because we're spreading it over so many locations so and also that's really our mission right we want to you know give restaurant control make them thrive uh you know as especially as a b restaurant i mean it's the glue of our society 
you mentioned, you know, all the ethnicities in these right. restaurants. You know, if I'm a migrant, so you know, you know, my father first time when he moved to a different country, you know, most migrants go into a restaurant doing the dishes or waiter, right? We all have that experience. And so helping them to succeed in this ever changing digital world is it's 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 a key cause for us. I feel I feel like you're gonna need another sabbatical after the, <laughs> when this is over. Just to, I mean, it sounds like you've got to deal with about four thousand things right now in terms of what this landscape is like. Although I also imagine for a company like yours, this is probably the most exciting, you know, period it's been to really help restaurants from that end. At least that they're probably most willing, you know, than they were before. You know, I think everybody understands how important all these things are. And, I mean, has it just, have you kind of gotten that experience? Is that just everyone right now is really looking and open and willing? I think this category got kind of, you know, maybe unfairly accused of not being too innovative before the pandemic. I mean, has all of that really changed? It's true, actually, because you know, a lot of restaurants were still on pen and paper. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I guess I said unfairly just because I was afraid someone might be offended, but you're right. <laughs> I think I, that's, I mean, that's the space, yeah. right? Especially if you look at, I mean, SMB, but even in enterprise, you know, the technology in some of these point of sales are in place for the last 20 years and that not changed. I think it's, uh, yeah. it's fair to say that, you know, you need to think about other industries, right? So you had the retail, you know, it's massively changed, hotels massively changed. And the last big, you know, frontier is food, right? We need clothes and we eat. Right. And that has been lacking, uh, you know, digitalization. Uh, and I think that's coming now extremely fast. That being said, it's also very challenging. You know, I'm a restaurateur. I care about good service, food. You know, I, last thing that I have on my mind is digital system. So that's why we want to exist and, and create that, you know, single platform where it's very easy for them to not care, actually, where they are selling digital. It just works. Right. And that yeah. allows them to keep control and focus on what they do best as uh, creating amazing service and food. Now, I want to I want you for this question, I want you to put your restaurateur uh, hat back on. And I want to <laughs> speak specifically to I have a uh, dark kitchen chain. So I am actually a restaurateur as well. Eat your own lobster. Right? <laughs> what, is, what is your what is your dark kitchen chain? I have a dark kitchen chain in Europe uh, called uh, Eat Casper, so the friendly ghost. And we have uh, 10 uh, dark kitchen. Each location has 12 brands. Uh, mm -hmm. And so each location does like five, 6,000 orders uh, a month. So, uh, But it's yeah. very automated. So, uh, you know, so uh, and it, it started as a... As almost, uh, you know, uh, was a joke because I had a friend in the restaurant industry. He was like, man, you always make software. You need to come at our side to see how hard it is. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm doing delivery. Should we start a dark kitchen? And you know, that thing got a little bit out of hand. So <laughs> we're scaling. <laughs> Well, right. This this um, you'll you'll this would be um a good question for you then. And it's, my question was about third party delivery specifically, and um the company that I think about right now is is Domino's. Um, Domino's is like a like a major, very major pizza brand that's resisted um third party delivery for years, but now their labor situation has become a bit untenable, and you know now it seems like the option has been creeping up on the table for them. So. Um, I just, you know, want to ask, you know, your opinion on the future of um, third-party delivery, you know, how it is useful for restaurants. Do you feel like it's going to transform in some way in the coming years? You know, what's your kind of take on that industry? You know, Domino's is definitely experimenting on 3PDs as well. I think yeah. the, the, 
the the answer is it's 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 simple, right? Uh, customers are not loyal, and they are on multi platforms. So yeah. you as restaurant operator, you want to be. It's not about being on three PDs or not. It's I want to be everywhere. Yes, I want them on my website, but the reality is we all have phones, right? And you know when there's a promo and Uber Eats says, hey. Now, you know, it's 30% discount or buy one, get one free. You're going to press that button and order. And at that time, if your brand is not on these platforms and can be whatever, you're losing out in sales, right? Because, you know, that's the awareness. I mean, I see these marketplaces very much as marketing uh, places. They are actually aggregating and their core business is marketing, right? Marketing so that they attract their customers. So, you know, U.S. brand need to be on these marketing platforms. And, you know, you saw the recent announcement, Facebook is going to use DoorDash Drive to, to you know, uh, aggregate food, right? TikTok is doing this. So, you know, you, you have Yelp ordering. So all these channels, it's just where customers go. That's mm-hmm. where you need to be as a restaurant owner. And yeah. that gets complicated. And now we're not talking about three marketplaces. We are talking three marketplaces, three social channels. You know, maybe we want to do a Google Home, uh, you know, Amazon Alexa, right? The number of online digital channels is exploding. And so that's the challenge and you need to be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. CarPlay. That's the next one for me. They got to get, they, I think Duncan is like the only person really doing that effectively. <laughs> There's yeah. a, a company, I forgot the name, that is mass deploying uh, food ordering in cars. So you're going to have us yes. outfitted. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I, uh, I'm ready for that as a consumer personally because, you know, we also, don't we don't live in New York City. So, you know, it's like third party delivery here is, uh, yeah. you know, kind of yeah, whatever. Exactly. But from a car, though, that I would definitely do. Yeah, well, it's not only delivery. It's like, um, you know, drive through. So, you you know, you have now robot taking your order drive through. But why can't you order on your car? Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a big, massive screen, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> right. select my burger, select my fries and I go pick up. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I would love that personally. Yeah, I've written about um, that. Um, I've, I know it's exactly. There's like a new fleet of cars coming out, and I know BurgerFi was was one of the first partners on that. Where like, apparently, it's to where you can like, you, you can just order within your car, like with your voice, and like it'll like take you to like the nearest location or whatever. Yeah. So I got some like intense like futuristic stuff. There. Vo- voice ordering still still bothers me a little bit. It's just it drives me crazy. It's like, you know, I'm just that guy yelling at it over and over again until it figures it out. I get the I get the concept of it and I know that there's companies out there doing it in the drive through, like the automated when you get there and it supposedly the works really well, but like on my phone it sucks. You know, I'm sure you have a uh, WhatsApp yeah. ordering for food. That's quite popular in a lot of regions, right? In Latam, yeah. everything yeah. is through WhatsApp. You know, you WhatsApp yeah. the burger and so on and someone delivers it. Because yeah. the reality is, you know, one side it's the ordering side that's everywhere. But today, I mean and um, you have so many companies having riders. So you can, you know, order anywhere and get delivered anywhere. So that's that's the future. Yeah, I believe yeah. young brands, um, they acquired a tech company that um, facilitates That's, that social media ordering. Yeah, I think they do message ordering. So yeah, you, you, you yeah, know, yeah. again, another two channels. So it's not only yeah. social. I need to do WhatsApp, Messenger, WeChat if I yeah. want to address the Asian population. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's mind-boggling, yeah. right? If you think about it, and you as a small restaurant owner or even big is like, how the hell am I gonna <laughs> manage that? <laughs> I know. I, I it's you know independent restaurants. I think live in a world right now that is both amazing because the demand is sky high. I think most consumers will tell you that's where they want to go first, 
you know, and so it's really becomes a race for them then to get into these marketplaces that you mentioned to compete with people who are already doing that. Yeah. And that's, uh, there's a lot left on the table there. And also what's good is, I mean, it's good that if you see the, um, you know, after COVID, you know, we are already quite some time out, you see actually uh, travels has been, plat- well, has grown quickly back and it's plateauing, yeah. right? Retail is plateauing, Re- hotel is plateauing. The only space where it's still growing massively is eat in restaurant and dine out, right? I mean, that has not stopped. All the rest, you know, go back in real life has plateaued. So that's, that's the benefit. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Probably all the options. Now you can have more places to order than ever. And then at the same time, the grocery store is just basically evil now. Mm-hmm. So you, <laughs> so I think we're we're looking at things about eating out now, and they're a little bit of a different light for that reason. And also, we all really kind of miss that ability, you know, and we're j- diving back in. Mm-hmm. So I think I think your point is a real one. I mean, yeah. I think the optimism is really high right now. It's just that there's just a lot that you can do to get there yeah. companies like yourself <laughs> to, no, to I think it's with. execution I mean it's funny I talk to restaurants I mean everyone's talking about recession and so on but then I talk to restaurants and they're like Zong what are you talking about last two years I, I had minus 70%. So do you think I care about 4 or 5% whatever recession? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have plenty of stuff to do. So I think that's where the optimism is. And, and they do understand that, you know, yes, we have customer back, but digital is not going to go away. And it's not. So, you know, having tools to, to cater for all these channels is key. Right. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you know, mentioned about the, like there's the, the lack of loyalty among customers and, I think, you know, we've seen just a rush of restaurants in the past couple of years, you know, trying to address that same fact by building these loyalty programs and then trying to separate themselves. But then it's like, okay, now everybody has loyalty programs. You know, how do you like differentiate within the loyalty programs? And like, how do you, you know, keep these customers with you? And and now you're seeing, you know, like these hosts of like different value offers. So it's definitely a battle out there when it comes to market share and, you know, a lot of that, a lot of those battles are happening, you know, behind the scenes with the technology, you know, trying to acquire, you know, all these customers. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, well, I think what you got to think too, um, sorry, it's just that, you know, how many apps does like one person have of a restaurant, maybe five. So you either get on that real estate or you probably don't, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like the the stakes are just crazy. But yeah, go ahead, Zanya. I'm sure what you you were going to say is way more insightful. (laughs) No, no, I agree. But I think the the key is loyalty is not that important. I mean, another discount, that doesn't lure people, right? Because you're not loyal. But what Mm -hmm. is, is um, if you know your customers really well and, you know, give them very personalized content, personalized menus, personalized service, right? So still it's crazy these days, like, I have a restaurant I order on Grubhub, on DoorDash, and Uber Eats because I'm like everyone else, not loyal. But then when I walk in, you would think, hey, these guys know that I've been ordering the last month, you know, already every week, right? They don't, right? Because if you would do that, that would create a, a way more loyalty for me. I was like, hey, it's on your back. You know, I know you are, uh, you orders a lot online on these platforms. Hey, you know, don't you want to order on my own first party as well? You're now in store. I'm going to give you something. I think that's, you know, awareness of this multi-channel where all these customers are, it's the same customers. It's going to be the next frontier. And, and that's going to be more important than, another discount or <laughs> 10% off, right? 
Yeah, that's a good point because yeah. I like like Daniel was saying. I have all I've been slowly like getting more and more of these restaurant apps on my phone, but it doesn't mean like I'm beholden to one just because I'm part of that particular loyalty program. I just still I still go for the best deal I can find among <laughs> all the chains. Like so, yeah, like, well, you, yeah, you're definitely a value seeker at oh, its sure. finest. Oh, sure. <laughs> so like, I, I just whatever is the best one I go for. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, that's the inflation side. I mean, people yeah. are going to say, hey, look, uh, I need something. I'm, I'm still lazy, so I know it costs more. And I still don't <laughs> want to work there, but maybe I should do some effort and, and shop on the, <laughs> the the best promo at that moment. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think, the re- you know, if, if we do head into a recession, you know, whatever, I, I think the restaurant space, you know, any any idea of that being harmful to restaurants, I think, is is definitely um, overblown. I actually think it's an opportunity for restaurants to do really well, you know, for this because I think people are gonna, you know, Starbucks always uses this phrase, and I don't really love it, but they call it an affordable luxury. I always hear that I'm like, Ugh. but but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense because it's like, okay, if I can't spend two thousand dollars to go on vacation i'll go to starbucks on saturday yeah <laughs> and, I, and i think that's people how people are not only going to look at starbucks and restaurants in general but i think it's how they're going to look at delivery and things like that you know yeah. and also inflation pricing on groceries has increased higher than yeah. in restaurants so yeah, you're yeah. like hey if that's i'm gonna cook earlier. myself it's like 20 percent more expensive if i go to that restaurant it's it's you know it seems yeah. to be the same. <laughs> so yeah, we gonna... used to you know we used to call that bridge meals, and that came became kind of a weird phrase. But basically, this idea is like not everybody can go to a grocery store and drop like one hundred and fifty dollars a visit, you know, and that's now become a very uh, constant thing. Because even if you even if I go now for like two meals, it's like sixty bucks, and I'm like, why did I go here? <laughs> You know, it's like, like you know, even the prepared meals and the things you have to cook, like at Whole Foods and stuff. I mean, it costs as much as going out now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's why, you know, a month earlier, we were all asking a question, you know, when, when are restaurants going to start feeling, you know, customer pushback from price increases? Well, I mean, are we and of course, you know, from these chains, most of them have been saying that they've seen a little bit of degradation from the lower end consumer. But you know they can just turn on like a value deal and and to get those guys back. So, but it's like you know you're not going to see you know an exodus of customers if like their other option is to go to the grocery store and that's like so much higher. So like that's what's keeping these guys into the restaurant. And if it, the gap keeps on getting larger, it's going to bring even more folks into the restaurants. Yeah. Well, also it's like you know we've heard a lot about that lately, but it's like one two points you know in traffic loss versus like six points in price gain <laughs> yeah exactly. so do they even care i i don't i don't know yeah. you know yeah and honestly i think restaurants are smart right i mean consumers i mean uh there's a survey that you know they understand it's inflation and it's more expensive so you know they are very open of restaurants shrinking their menus right mm-hmm. i think that's one two is you know having uh separate items and actually i think rest, uh, consumer are fine and restaurant raising their prices but just you know for restaurant owners, just you know, shrinking their menus when they don't have enough staff so that they can control their wastage is key. But as well, you know, uh, you know, at the Lebrec, we can reduce almost eighty percent of the error rates because you know, when you're something out of stock, you just don't sell it online. You know, mm-hmm. you would think that's easy, but often it stays online. Keep customers keep on ordering stuff that they can't get, get frustrated, refund, or something is uh, is wrongly packaged. So these stuff makes uh, a massive difference. Just you know, play with your menus constantly. Yeah. So Zam, before we let you go, what is um, what is next for Deliverect? You know, if you're looking, 
to the future here? I mean, are you you got five hundred employees? Are you going to have two thousand employees? <laughs> what's uh, what's what's kind of uh, next up for you? I mean, knowing you, I guess from this conversation, you might start three more companies and go to forty more countries. But just if you're looking kind of on the horizon here. Look, I think this is the last one. I want to uh, do justice to this industry. I think we are building the backbone of digital food, and that means, you know, you know, okay, it's fine to have thirty thousand restaurants, but that's not really backbone of anything, right? So our goal is to power hundreds of thousand restaurants around the world. Uh, you know, the last company we did indeed has two thousand employees, and you know, back then the motto was conquer the world. Well, the motto of the Levrecht is conquer the galaxy. So it's going to take wow. some time, but uh, you know, good stuff take time, and uh, we're very committed to do this on the long run and help restaurants to keep the control as we are only on day one in that digitalization you know it's just yeah. starting right <laughs> yeah so so if anyone wants to reach out to you find you what's the best way to get you is it through maybe social media email um, anybody listening that might want to learn more about what you all do yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to know more about a company, you can visit Uh But more, if you want to reach out to me personally, I'm an avid LinkedIn user, so uh, shoot me a message, and uh, 9 out of 10, I'll answer that as well. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I assume we're connected. If not, I am going to connect with you when this is over, so for sure. I apologize in advance. Um, All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. Um, you know, I, I think it's... Uh, I think you know a lot more about the industry than I do. I would speak for Ben on that front too, but oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't want to insult him. Um, well, you guys are very knowledgeable. It was a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a pleasure. It was all ours. So, you know, thank you again. And, you know, for everybody out there who's listening, as always, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.